Welcome to In the Weeds, a Mindscape podcast. Hey there, welcome to episode number 10 of season two of the In the Weeds podcast. I'm Pete Brand, Mindscape CEO and co-founder, and I'm joined by... COO Jeff Bell, and we are both joined by... I'm the Chief Strategy Officer, Paul Ferrier. Welcome, Paul, to uh, our episode 10 of season two. I can't believe we've uh, made it that far so far. So. I know. It's it's interesting because we finally decided to bring someone else in in case people are getting sick and tired yeah. of hearing me and Jeff talk <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's like a radio show, yeah. uh, except there's no call-ins and it's not nearly as fun. But we get cool <laughs> microphones. So, uh, But uh, today we're going to go in the weeds on uh, e-commerce, and that's why we have Mr. Farrier here with us. Uh, he he uh, has been leading our uh, e-commerce teams and strategies for uh, as long as Mindscapes have been around and uh, has a lot to, to add to the conversation. So um, we're just going to kind of dive right in here. And, and Paul, when it comes to e-commerce, um, you know, we talk to a lot of clients a lot and uh, about what they're doing in e-commerce and what... You know, what are a few of the common mistakes uh, that, that we see a lot um, when it comes to e-commerce? Yeah, so there are a lot of ways that you can make mistakes in e-commerce. Um, but when we when we talk about it from a conversion perspective, which, right, that's the that's the number one thing that you want to do with your site is, is convert the traffic. Um, a lot of times what we find is that the categorization of the catalog, what the navigation is, how it's named, uh, is 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 done very specific to the to to the company, or is almost is too generic in the sense that it doesn't make sense for the for the for the user that's on the website. Um, the example that I have, uh, a, a recent one, is uh, our, our client Butterball Farms. Um, and their original navigation uh, was under our products and they had tabletop butters, which is fine. Uh, culinary, flavors, ingredients for food manufacturers. Now for them internally, that absolutely makes sense and they understand what that means. For our target audience, when they're coming into the website, they don't necessarily understand what is under culinary, what would they expect to see under culinary. What would they expect to see under flavors? What would they expect to see under ingredients for food manufacturers? So more so, internally focused language as opposed to maybe language that would make sense to a, uh, a potential customer of theirs. Exactly. Uh, so one of the big things, one of the efforts that we went into was recategorizing, recategorizing their catalog. Um, and in this case, instead of our products, we made it very focused on what we make. Uh, because that's a common question. What do you make? Um, and so under that, now it's categorized as individual butter servings, butter tubs, butter dollops, butter sauces and bases, butter spreads and blends, chef rolls and baker sheets. Hmm. So for our audience that's coming in, it's very specific. They, it's, they understand what these things are. Therefore, from a navigation perspective, it's easy for them to get to the products that they're looking for. Sure. Yeah. And I would imagine, you know, you've probably seen quite a few clients where it does make sense. You know, the, the internal fo internally focused language is more about their branded terms. And you put that in a navigation menu with no context and, you know, you're it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever why you would even want to click on 
something, you know, if, if you have, um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, a checking account or something, but you call it a, uh, you know, a smart account, and you then it all of a sudden doesn't make sense. Like, well, I'm looking for a checking account, but I, I see this thing called a smart account. Is that what I need? Mm -hmm. And so you kind of use branded terms, maybe a little too far up front uh, in the customer journey uh, for it to make any sense. Right, and it, even if you're using it as kind of like a uh, a thing to spur interest or get somebody to look deeper or whatever you're also confusing people and the majority of the people that can get confused are not their instincts not going to be like let me dig deeper and learn it's going to be let me get back off this site and go somewhere where i can get what i need yeah yeah as soon as you introduce doubt you know everyone's like well there's a million places for me to get this information that i can be sure of so so another example uh, from a growth perspective is looking at the data that you have in Google Analytics and seeing what products are selling and what products are not. So in the products that are not, you want to see is there is there a market for that? Um, what is the reason that it's not selling? So what we've discovered is that a lot of times where there may be products that um, should be selling well that are not, they're simply not because they're too hard to find on the website. So it goes back to the navigation. Uh, and an example of that is with our friends at Babbitt's, we've always been focused on OEM parts uh, for all of our brands. Um, and while that's done well, um, it, accessories um, and our apparel and gear were buried. Um, and it just, it was a secondary focus for us. Uh, so we evaluated and said this is an area of opportunity for us to add revenue so we made adjustments to the site that as soon as our audience land there uh, they not only see the parts which which again continues to be our number one focus uh, but if they're interested in accessories or interested in apparel and gear it's it's a there's very clear paths to get to it that adds exposure to those different product lines uh, and gives us increased opportunities to, to sell those items. Great, so GA, uh, using GA to kind of evaluate what products are selling, what aren't selling. GA standing for Google Analytics. Yes, thank you. Uh, and uh, so uh, that's kind of the second maybe common mistake. So we've got kind of poor product categorization, um, not using GA to evaluate your products and uh, help optimize maybe user paths to those or maybe, maybe just stop selling them? Yeah. Um, is there anything else from a just a common mistake standpoint? Uh, poor product descriptions. Uh, oftentimes we see uh, our, we, we have customers that come to us and they, they don't have photography. So it's some sort of a, a default uh, mm. uh, image that's in there. Um, or it's a it's a description that is one line, two lines like this. It's simply not going to get the customer interested uh, enough to to complete a so, purchase. Yeah, so that almost sounds like poor poor product detail pages, right? Now, yeah, not exactly. just not just product descriptions, but all the information on, on the detail pages. So I have a question for you. Let's say, for instance, you're a, a company that's selling the same product that thousands of other companies are selling online and you're getting a product from a manufacturer who provides the product description, and now you have thousands of other companies using the same product description on all of their e-commerce shopping carts, what are some tips to be able to differentiate, and does it even does your description even matter at that point? Yeah, um, so, so the answer is yes, it absolutely matters. Um, the, so 
there, there's a balance, right, with, with every business as to how far do you want to get into something like that. Everybody wants to take the easy road. And the easiest road is that you get information from the manufacturer, you get the photography. And obviously, manufacturers do that to make it as easy for their dealers or their distributors to sell their products. So they're going to provide all of that. You can easily get that up into your site um, and uh, compete that way. Make it available and just assume that you're going to get the right traffic that's going to come in. They're going to see what they want and they, they're going to convert because they understand what it is. Um, from a differentiation perspective, some opportunities that you have there are to take your top sellers uh, take or take where you feel that your biggest opportunity for growth is in a certain area grab some top products there, do some of your own photography that makes it stand out, uh, especially if there's poor, poor photography coming from the manufacturer. If you can make it look better uh, with the right photography, that's a good thing. The other is put your spin on, on the description. What is your experience with the product? What have your customers told you about the product that you can add in, additional keywords that you can add in that would also help from an SEO perspective? Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Yeah. Um, good. So, uh, any other common mistakes here? Two, two more. Um, one is an overly complicated checkout process. Oh. We see this over and over and over again where uh, there's just too many steps, too many requirements. Uh, and, and anytime you, you have too many steps in the checkout process, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a barrier to entry. Um, Amazon has taught all of us how to shop. Uh, and it's and they've done a really good job of making it easy. Uh, so we have to make sure, as from a development perspective, and if you have an e-commerce site, uh, that you are you are meeting the, the the visitors' expectations, which those expectations are being set by Amazon. So ensure that yours isn't vastly different than that. Uh, and the very last one, uh, a common mistake that that our clients new clients make in e-commerce is not having a cart abandonment program. Mm. Uh, that, that is, that's, a, that's a big opportunity. Uh, and if there is not one implemented, that's a big missed opportunity yeah, for them. That, that's a perfect transition point. So the second area that we wanted to dive into today was on um, cart abandonment. So could you start out by just kind of explaining what cart abandonment is what we're talking about so that we don't become victims of our own thing that we just talked about a few minutes ago and using internal language and and just kind of go in the weeds on that topic sure great. sure so cart abandonment is when somebody comes to your website uh, they add products to their cart they start the checkout process and then they abandon they, they leave the site uh, and do not complete the checkout process um, so a couple key things for uh, a cart abandonment campaign to to work um, is obviously one getting it set up, but the, the customer has to add product to their cart. And then at some point they have to identify themselves in the checkout process and abandon. <clears throat> so once you collect, uh, the, the email address, uh, and, and they leave the site that opens up your opportunity to reach out to them through email, uh, to, to re-engage them and to try to incentivize them to get back to the website and to to purchase the products. Do you have any examples of card abandonment, like the, the most elaborate card abandonment program you've ever been a part of? And, <laughs> and or, or even maybe the most simple that produced huge results? Yeah, so what, what I like to do is implement a series of three or four emails as a part of the abandonment campaign. 
Um, and the other thing that I like to do besides those, besides those four specific emails is segment it based on the value of the cart. So the, by segmenting on the value, your messaging changes. You can be more aggressive. So if it's a larger value cart, you want to be more aggressive perhaps in your incentive and getting them to convert because in many cases you have more margin to work with. On lower dollar value carts, with that average order value, you want to increase that. So you, you want to incentivize them to, you want to upsell them to increase their cart to a certain value and to, in order to, to get something. Uh, so as an example, um, with, with, if I look at our common email cart abandonment campaign for, with four emails, the first email typically goes out within 20 minutes. And that one is most commonly just a reminder that, hey, you left the site, um, here you forgot your parts uh, or you forgot your cart, whatever that messaging is. And here's an incentive for you to come back and, and convert. Uh, so that's very, very common. Um, and a lot of times, you know, one of the mistakes that happens is when clients do implement a cart abandonment campaign, that's where they stop. So they'll do, they'll do one, say, hey, come back, but there's no follow-up after that. Mm. Um, so we'll do that within 20 minutes. Uh, and one day later, so typically 24 hours, what we'll do is we will assume that there was some sort of an issue that they had. That's what kept them from checking out. So we go through and we address common issues that they may have experienced in the checkout process that caused them to leave. And then we, uh, then we again offer an incentive for you to come back or to pick up the phone and call and address any sort of, again, those, those common issues that we expect to see. And I would imagine those common issues are, are um, unique to each client, right? Like if you're purchasing Correct. flowers versus, you know, uh, bowling balls, you probably uh, two different sets of, of right, technical like, right. problems there. If, yeah, if, you're, if you're not confident in what you're and what you are purchasing and you have questions, like pick up the phone and we'd be happy to talk, talk to you about mm -hmm. it you know, as mm -hmm. an example. Um, the third email typically goes out 48 hours later. Um, and what I like to do in this case is have it be a personalized email from some sort of an authority within, within the company. Um, and this is very personal to the, and it's written as a personal email. It come, it's not branded. It comes across as a personal email, basically saying thank you for the opportunity to earn your business. You know, it hasn't happened yet. We, I want to personally give you a a, a, a a certain incentive to try to get them back to the site to convert. So the first two are often trying to upsell um, to increase the value. The third one, now we're 48 hours in if they haven't purchased. Now we'll go to something uh, a little bit lower of a discount than the incentive we were providing before. Uh, but it's really about let's let's try to get them to convert through this email. Uh, and then there's a fourth email. And I think the fourth email really is the most important. The fourth one goes out three days later. Um, and the, the big ask there is that we want their opinion. And we send them to a survey. And what we want to know is what kept you from ordering from us? Uh, and if you order from somebody else, who did you order from? What this does is gives us significant insights into what are the roadblocks? What are we experiencing? Uh, who's doing it better too, right? Because if they you, bought from someone else. Yeah, the number, the amount of times that we've learned of new competition through a, a survey like that, um, it, it, it's, it's happened many times. Um, the other is, again, if we keep seeing the same issue over and over again, that's where we say, okay, we have a gap here. We have a hole here that, that we have to fill. Strategically, how do we do that? It may be something that we do from a communication perspective to make it clearer in the checkout or clearer in the shopping experience. 
to manage expectations that may have caused that roadblock, um, or uh, it may be a difference in shipping and in our pricing and what what we put there. So through the cart abandonment campaign for our clients, I mean, we have added millions of dollars a year, not only in, in gaining those those abandoned carts back, but those insights that we gain from it, that it's been a significant impact just by listening to that audience, which is a very valuable audience because we, we earned their relationship enough for them to add, create a cart, get to the checkout process, and then we lost it. So when we're able to gain the insights from them that, that we couldn't get them across the finish line and we can make adjustments for everybody else, it's been huge. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, so when you, the other part of, of getting people, you know, you get people to the website, what, you know, what causes them to buy or what are some of the things we see through maybe some of those, those pieces of feedback, um, you know, that, that causes them to abandon and, and how do we kind of deal with that stuff? Yeah. So, so it comes down to trust factor, right? So in the big, in the first piece that we talked about common mistakes, uh, one of the things I talked about were reviews. Uh, reviews are very, very important. Um, few people trust marketing are going to trust a company and what they're saying about their product, but they're going to trust their peers. And I think that's really one of the things from, you know, in taking personal experience, when I'm on Amazon and I'm looking at purchasing something, I don't read the description and I don't read all of the, necessarily the marketing messages that are a part of the product. I go to the reviews and I want to know what are people saying about the product. And, and that's what gives me the confidence. That's what gives me the trust in part to make that purchase. Uh, the other is minimizing risk. So if you're yeah, through your site, the more guarantees that you can put together, that you that you can provide the the audience to to eliminate any risk that they have on their part to to purchase your product, to give your product a chance, uh, the better. So that's obviously a, a, a free you know a money back some type of money back guarantee. Uh, free shipping, free return shipping. Obviously, back in the day, Zappos did that really, really well. They were the first to do the 365-day free return policy. You know that 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 was huge. Uh, their ship, their free shipping policy was was huge. Obviously, Amazon does it really, really well today, and they're even to the point now where they're going. Well, they want to make their shipping faster and faster. So, um, it's it's minimizing the risk uh, and. At the end of the day, it's about getting those positive reviews. Those positive reviews happen with great customer service. Uh, so if your if your product isn't living up to expectations, if you are able to serve that customer in a in a positive way, and and make them happy, uh, that will that will do really well for your business. Great. All right. Well, thanks, Paul. We uh, we managed to cover our three points today. We talked about uh, some common mistakes in e-commerce. Uh, poor product categorization, not using GA to evaluate uh, the sales of products, uh, the importance of reviews, uh, a bunch of things under there. We talked about cart abandonment, what it is, uh, the incentivize or to, to get them back to the to the cart, uh, segmenting, the importance of segmenting by the value of the cart, and uh, and that typically you, we generally do a set of uh, four emails, uh, and then the last point was just making people comfortable and then that really comes down to getting great reviews which kind of is a is an output of great customer service 
uh, and then minimizing risk. So any way, anything you can do uh, from free returns and free shipping, uh, all of that, it, it wraps up into that. So, uh, so thanks so much for joining us today in the office next door, but uh, we managed to pull you over here. And uh, with that, Pete, you can uh, take us out. All right. Be sure to check out our website at wearemindscape.com forward slash in the weeds. Uh, you can also visit our social channels if you have any topics you'd like us to cover in the future at the profile We Are Mindscape. Uh, and if you're going to tweet about anything or post about anything, make sure to use our hashtag in the weeds podcast. Or if you're old school, you can send us an email at in the weeds at wearemindscape.com. Thanks a lot for tuning in and for making season two amazing. And we look forward to seeing you in season three. Thanks. Thanks, everyone.